Hey yo, welcome to How to Write a Novel. Pretty sweet day today, man. I fucking uh, had all these things I was gonna do today. Of uh, I found this music store that I think, hopefully, has uh, proper wind guards for this recorder. I've got like the little clown nose thing, but uh, that's obviously not enough because whenever the wind hits, it fucking obliterates whatever I'm trying to say. So hopefully I can get one of those ones that looks like, you know, like a big fucking furry thing. So I was like, I could go do that. Uh, also, I gotta switch Airbnbs next week. And I thought I would just take a little jaunt to the Airbnb ahead of time because uh, whenever I don't do that, it's a disaster. When it's like, all right, time to switch. Got uh, all of my worldly possessions with me in a book bag. Got nowhere to go back to. <laughs> It's one of those times when not having a data plan on a smartphone. Most of the time I'm happy not to have it because it is just distracting and I would rather not have a, you know, just a, I'm an abstainer, as Gretchen Rubin would say. If I just take away my options, I'm a much happier person. If I don't have to resist, then that's great. But in the case of trying to find a weird house in a neighborhood you've never been to, fucking sucks you know I gotta get the little map ahead of time or usually you know I just cut and paste the uh, fucking Google map directions but if I get lost with that it's like ah shit now what <laughs> now what do I do so I was gonna go pre-find this Airbnb but the weather is just shit today it's not as bad right at this moment but it was just awful earlier so I'm like you know what fuck all of this Fuck everything. <laughs> so I went to this mall. It's by uh, Port Coquitlam Station. I don't know what it's called, but uh, God damn, it's a beautiful mall. Canada has, I mean, we're huge fans of big ass malls because this country is a nightmare. <laughs> you know? Having big places to go in to get away from the nightmare death is very important. And this mall, it's like designed like, it looks like a longhouse. It's got this like wooden ceiling, huge high ceilings. And it's got like native artwork and stuff. And it's just so cool. It does feel like a giant lodge. So I'm like, this is great. I'm just going to get a coffee and sit here and tell the rest of my endeavors of the day to go fuck themselves. And I just sat there and wrote and wrote and wrote. Man, I must, I mean, when I say I wrote for two hours, I mean like... I fucking connected to the mall Wi-Fi and I looked up Latin words that might work as translations. It's like, okay, I got to... I want a weird name for the food dispenser on this space station. Let's just look up, like, what is food? What is gourmand? What is glutton? What is all this shit? Until I just found a cool word. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, that to me, that counts. That was part of the writing. But yeah, I wrote like this big conversation between these two characters, mostly just like in point form. Tomorrow I'll go back and write this out more proper like. But I was very happy with it because uh, as I mentioned in my early notes for this story, it's very cut and dried. It's like there's this one cool character, the cool rebel, and then there's the dumb nerd who represents boring status quo conformity. And it's just really neat how, as I write, it's uh, not like that. 
the cool character is becoming less and less sympathetic, is becoming more of a kind of a fucking, kind of an asshole, kind of a psycho. And the boring nerd is, I'd argue, getting cooler, it seems. Which is like what I wanted. Like, I didn't want the story to be as black and white as my notes. Those were just the rough notes. That's just to get the show on the road, to build a general premise around. And then I just had to trust in myself, I guess, as I'm writing, that I'm not gonna write a book that's that cut and dried, that's that, you know, single-minded, that's that, uh, just, you know, that's lame. <laughs> and it's just kind of neat, like, even as I'm writing, I'm like, oh, this is, I'm kind of starting to like this loser. He's not a loser at all. He's more like Alan Rickman. He's, you know, he's like, he's just kind of a cool cat. He's like, hey, you want to, you know, the other characters all, hey, I'm going to say wacky, offensive shit. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. You want to say that? I don't care. Say what you want. It makes you happy. <laughs> like, I like it. This is getting cool. So I did a pretty good chunk of writing. Feeling pretty pleased with myself. Then I realized, though, I wrote this thing about the one dude's homeworld. The aliens are called Nadarians. And I thought uh, it would be lame if... It'd be too lame if their homeworld was called Nadaria. And in my notes of, like, I got a little, just a little file of, like, what are the weird alien terms I came up with and what do they mean? Just in case I need to go reference one. And the term Nadaria wasn't in there. And I was like, maybe just in my mind, I'd kind of just been like, yeah, okay, if they're Nadarians, their planet will be Nadaria. And then maybe I just never actually used that term. But I did a little search through my old chapters, and I did find a few chapters back a little thing uh, where they have a little debate about how she kind of mocks that his home world is the same name as his species. And he says, like, no, it's not actually what it's called. It's just the way the translator works. Like, that's actually what your people call our home world. You know, like a Japan Nippon thing, or Germany and Almang, and like how everybody on Earth seems to have a different name for everyone else's country, which is just really weird. So it's like the planet version of that. So he was saying like, hey, you want to make fun of me for my stupid homeworld's name? It's actually your stupid species that calls it that. This is an example of how you're dumb. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, shit, though, that directly contradicts this new thing I'm writing. Or it is still possible that it could work, but one or the other needs to be fixed. And at the same time, I, you know, I've been working away for a couple hours and it's just like, I can just feel my brain unravel. It's like, whew, all right, I hit a distinct roadblock right at the same period that my brain is just kind of like, you know, I think we might have had enough for today. And I'm like, you know what, good enough. Let's wrap it up. I'm pretty pleased with what what I got done today, that's fine. And I've got uh, a clear goal for tomorrow. I got a clear thing to do tomorrow. I can flesh out this conversation. I can figure out how I'm gonna alter the previous conversation so these two things fucking relate and make sense. It's even kind of neat that I found that now. Because I have a feeling this type of thing is gonna happen a lot when I'm doing draft number two. I'm gonna find a lot of shit that doesn't fit that I'm like oh fuck I didn't realize all these dumb contradictions I wrote which I'm mostly not worrying about I'm like that's fine that's what draft number two is for but in this case because I thought of it and I found it it's like yeah okay I'll deal with that tomorrow I'll figure that out tomorrow
And I do always think, pretty much every day, like, couldn't I be getting more done? Like, it just really isn't that much on any given day. But the more I learn about really any kind of endeavor, the amount people get done each day, it's just never really that much. I think it is kind of that fallacy of the eight-hour workday. Nobody's fucking working for eight hours, you know? You're at the office for eight hours. No one works for eight hours. And like, uh, YouTubers... I was just watching, uh, H3H3's interview with, uh, Rhett and Link. All YouTube people. And he was saying how it's crazy that they do videos every day. And, like, they've got a big team and they've got their whole system worked out. He said that for, like, a month, him and his wife tried to do daily videos and it almost killed them. They hated it. And it doesn't sound like doing one YouTube video a day is that much work, but it is. Like, the amount of work I'm getting done is acceptable and normal and appropriate. You know, it really is fine. It would be nice if every day was more like today. If I had a solid two hours every day, that would be amazing. But then it goes back to my kind of, like, pickaxe to the rock wall analogy, where it's just like you're just picking at the wall, picking at the wall. Yesterday, I only chipped a little piece out of the wall. The day before that, an even smaller piece out of the wall. But today, it's like brrr, a little rock slide. I mean, it just flowed easy, and it just was fun. And not only fun, it was like good. And it's like, hey, I'm even writing better shit than I even really knew this story was necessarily capable of, you know? It's like when you start any endeavor, you're like, I hope this turns out, I hope this is good. But the way these characters are talking now and relating and the, the direction they're moving in is actually better than what's in my notes, you know? If this story only reached the heights of the notes that I had before, that'd be fine, but it's very nice when it's going more interesting places. And I'm like, yeah, this is actually working out. This is actually pretty cool very good feeling. Has me a little excited for tomorrow. Get back into this. And I think sometimes maybe I could split my day into two. Like what if I sat down and wrote in the morning and then again at night? Like could I kind of not double my productivity but add to my productivity if I thought of the day as two days? And I feel like that might be possible. That might be a thing. But at the same time, maybe that's just unrealistic. Maybe I'm just expecting too much of myself. I mean, I've already let many things go in my life to facilitate writing. So I guess I could just let go of more things. Like I already barely watch TV shows. I watch a fair amount of YouTube shit, but it's usually just on in the background. What if I stopped with that? You know, what if I really went full monk? What if I just totally, and like, maybe that would work? But maybe not. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. Maybe I'll experiment with it sometime. I still think actually though, what would be better would not be for me to try to work again on this story later today. It would be to work on something else, like to still only work the amount that I'm working on this principal story and always make sure this is the main thing and always do this and then try to work on a different story later in the day. That's a, that's a habit I could probably establish. Maybe I will try to. 
because especially with that second story it can be a lot looser it can just be whatever story just whatever else I'm thinking of whatever else I might want to work on and I do have you know time in the day obviously that's why this podcast seems like a lot to do a podcast every day when you're trying to write a book but it really does not overlap it doesn't interfere with writing even a little because like I did it I did what I've got for today <laughs> whatever was in my brain I used it up so now hey if I want to record a podcast and edit it and put it on fucking iTunes or whatever so what that's fine this is not time I would be spending writing but maybe, I don't know, maybe I could integrate in a little more writing. Even just a tiny bit. Like a little dessert, a little dollop on top. But that's just another project. And just see how that goes. Because again, it's, it is all about just the little bits. The little bits add up. So even if it is just a tiny little bit, and it is spread across whatever I want to work on. It could be across 20 different random things that are in various stages of disrepair. I mean, it would still add up at the end of a year. Maybe one of those would really be shaping up. I might try that. I might try to make that a thing of like, do the principal work. And then later in the day, give myself a break, give my brain a break. And then later in the day, just do a teeny little bit of work. Just the teeniest little bit of work on something else. It seems reasonable. But yeah, that's the other thing, I guess, about the, uh, the perceived amount of work that's getting done each day is this conversation between these two characters. Kind of what I came up with is as just a way to have them talk more and get to know each other better and be a little bit closer is, is basically I've got my cool rebel character who really doesn't have anyone else to hang out with on this starship. So I've got her still kind of acting cool like, yeah, okay, well, hey, whatever, man, you know. I got shit to do. Maybe I'll see you later. Really should just get going. But then just kind of, you know, hesitate. Just kind of delay leaving for a moment or two. And then she just says something else, you know, like, hey, so are your parents on this station? Are you here by yourself? Like, what's the deal? And just that little thing of like, yeah, I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to pretend that I'm just going to go hang out by myself. But then I kind of just don't really want to. So it's like I made the overture. I expressed that that's how I feel. That I'm cool and I'm individual and I don't need you. But alright, now let's, I don't know. I got nothing else to do though, really. So maybe I'll ask you another question. We'll just hang out a bit. And I'm like, yeah, that's a nice little... That's the beat. That's the beat I needed. That's the little character turn. And I thought of that last night when I was just half asleep. You know, I'm just kind of letting the situation float in my mind just imagining it and just and then that finally clicked and sometimes i write that stuff down but last night i was just too tired i'm like i hope i remember that today <laughs> and then when i woke up it, it took a moment to remember but but that's the other thing so the actual sitting down writing might not necessarily be certainly nowhere near like an eight hour work day you know not even close the two hours I did today, I feel like a fucking Superman. That's a ton of work. But in a more abstract, general sense, I'm working on this goddamn thing all the time. Like, I'm always thinking about it. My subconscious is always working it out, is always grinding, is always trying to think of the next thing. And that is, I kind of think, it's almost like a weight that 
I guess it's like kind of hard to express, but if you're there, you know what it's like of like the idea that this is the principal thing I'm working on, that this is the thing, like I said yesterday, that I'm not gonna let go of. I'm not gonna stop till this is done, even if it takes years. And that means that that one story, this one project, this one idea is always in my mind to some degree every day. And that's work. That really is work to maintain that. There's a part of your brain that's like, yeah, cool, let's think about it. Let's work with this puzzle. Let's play with it. But then there's a part of your brain that just wants to let it go because it's like, are you kidding? We're going to think about this for two years? Are you fucking high? Fuck that. <laughs> you know? and you've got to fight past that. you got to work through it. All right, that's enough for today. Uh, song of the day. So the band Muse, Muse is pretty famous nowadays, but uh, I first heard them in like 2004 or five. And this girl Erica I was dating introduced me to Muse and I'd never heard of them. And uh, their second album has uh, the two songs Newborn and Bliss at the first two songs. And it's like, holy shit, talk about a one-two punch, man. Those are excellent. And especially this song Bliss, it's still my favorite Muse song. And it's such a great song for kind of the classic sort of fatal attraction romance, which is really, um, to be dead honest with you, the only kind of romance I understand is the, is the unbalanced, I need you more than you need me, crazy ass shit, man. <laughs> like when people talk about being in an equal relationship and not two halves coming together, but two holes coming together, that sounds great. I'm sure you're right. Hopefully someday I'll figure that out. But one big reason why at this stage in my life, I'm just like, I'm just doing my own thing and I'm not even attempting to like date people or cohabitate or do any of that stuff is because I just, that's never how it feels for me. It's never how it is. It's always super intense, super crazy, ultimately super miserable. And it's just like, ugh, fuck. So when I write, romancy type stories, that's inevitably the kind of romance that it is. This particular story that I'm writing right now, no fucking romance, not a fucking stitch of it, none. But I have this one like high school story that uh, is big time about that. It's <laughs> big time about like an unbalanced relationship and then when it goes bad, crazy things happen. And this song Bliss I feel like is just a great guidepost for that type of mindset of it's just like I like to imagine that it's like one person in the relationship is asleep and the other person is just looking down at them watching them and thinking the thoughts that happen in this song where this song is just like how you seem so calm you seem so put together you seem so perfect and so strong and there's just the the peace and joy that you must have in your head that is nothing like how I feel. And I want that so fucking bad. I want to be like you. I wish I could take that out of you and I could have it. <laughs> Which is crazy shit. But I love this song because it's, it's a beautiful song. And it's just like, oh man, yeah, especially, oh man, I mean, I was going to say in my younger days, but in all my days, this is always how it feels to some degree. And it's just like, Whew, that's some scary shit, man. It's some shit I'm not interested in going back to. <laughs> yeah.
but pretty goddamn gripping from a writing standpoint, I think. So this is Bliss by Muse, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Mm -hmm.